Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colt Sure Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian. I hope you're all doing well this crazy holiday season, because I know one time or another, I want to shove my foot up someone's ass and wear them as a slipper. They've pissed me off so much. But I hope you're all doing well, because you're listening to the show, and I appreciate you. So it's episode 28. We're getting close to the end of the year, and we have a very special guest with us, someone who I've known for quite a few years now. He's been talked about on the pod before. He's a Sagittarius, probably, maybe not. I don't know. But by the look on his face, he's probably not. Um, yeah, so we are joined today by the one and only Rudy Real. How's it going, bud? Hello. <laughs> what made you guess I was a Sagittarius? I don't know. It's because you're a man of many things. And Sagittarius, to me, I'm like, Sagittarius and Aquarius, I feel like they're the most complicated people of the Zodiac. I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> it's just right. like the word. I'm like, Sagittarius, Rudy Real. It does. Yeah, I guess it does kind of sound good. I am I am actually a Cancer. Oh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening to this yeah, week. Yeah, the end of this. Bye. Enjoy. 28-second <laughs> long episode. Uh, so we got crabs this week, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. boys, girls, everyone in between. <laughs> and howls. <laughs> Sponsored by Shampoo. <laughs> Pubic dandruff. So how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm just thinking like, uh, and I, I talked about this on some of the other podcasts. Like I, I make my living as a family entertainer with balloons and magic. And every podcast I get on is so not a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so the pitch at the end is like, hey, now I have to listen to me talk filth for an hour and a half. Hire me for your kid's party. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, considering I bet you had a burlesque show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Making balloon animals at a burlesque show. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> My new best friend. Yeah, we, we had fun. We, we Dude, went we to comic ask. conventions, and we, we've done all stuff. We still got more to do, but we'll, we'll get all into that because yeah, I'm excited. Rudy is a Sagittarius Cancer Moon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> makes balloon animals, does magic, stand up comedy, fucking kids parties, mini golf, has a coffee company, all of this shit. So I'm mainly okay. gonna let you have the reins on this because you're a great talker. All of the skill sets that you listed, why did you use to put fucking in kids' parties and not any of the other stuff? That you are the worst PR guy ever. <laughs> he's, he's balloons, he's magic, he's comedy, he fucks at kids' shows. Like, wait, what? Listen, <laughs> I'm sure sometimes there's parents, single, you know, divorcees or divorced husbands or whatever that they're just like, hey, Rudy, I, um, no, you're Sagittarius and all. I just don't have money this time around. Uh, think I could make you into a balloon animal? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, Greg, but this is the last time. This is seven years in a row, Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, Your kid's uh, 37, so... Greg. It's time to cut <laughs> the balloon animals. <laughs> no, I keep getting paid one way or another. Um <laughs> Yeah, so balloons, I, uh, what else did you list off? I, I am a magician, a stilt walker, a stand-up Com comedian, uh, I'm an ordained minister, I'm a nationally ranked mini-golf professional, um, I started a coffee company last year, and I am putting out a, or actually I've already put out a line called Earth 3825, 
which are duck versions of uh, movie monsters. Um, and uh, as we continue to grow, I'm sure we'll branch out um, into uh, superheroes and, and just other characters in general. But we have started with um, uh, the Invisible Man, Frankenstein, Frank, the Bride of Frankenstein, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon, all in duck versions. And uh, my goal is to have almost like a comic book series of... Uh, how each character is created and why they're ducks and all that. Um, but yeah, we had our first art uh, art show with that um, in September, I believe, at Smithville. Um, the one for, I was at, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yep. right. The one I was at. Um, yeah. And then I run to Atlantic City to do a balloon thing because double bookings is how you make more money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, have so, a business but, partner. <laughs> yes, that is that is a big part. You can't do it all your on your own. You gotta you gotta delegate. <laughs> so yeah, I will really do anything to avoid a real job and and to try to keep me out of trouble, uh, which only partially works. <laughs> Even if your name's Greg. <laughs> yes, that's my so, favorite client. <laughs> now it's with you. It's a, most of your stuff is entertainment based, and you have Lucky Duck Entertainment. Where yeah. it's, I feel like that's kind of like the mecca of everything I, when I met you, you were doing. Like, yeah. Um, you know, so. It still is the, the bigger part of the businesses. Um, because especially during the summer, I work seven days a week, all up and down the South Jersey coast, doing restaurants, uh, ice cream parlors, hotels, um, just doing balloons in the lobby or, or magic. Uh, I used to run a couple of comedy rooms in the area, but, um, it's, it's so much hassle to, to find the right venues, to sell the tickets, to, uh, book the comedians and make sure everything's running smoothly that, uh, after a couple of years, I had passed the reins off to another comedian friend of mine um, because it, it's just easier for me to, to show up, do my set and head out. Um, but then during the winter, when all of my summer stuff slows down, I need something to keep me busy, uh, more often. And that was part of why I started the coffee company, or that was why I wanted to start another business. And the coffee company was the one that I just landed on, um, because coffee is, uh, the world runs on coffee to part steal a phrase from another company <laughs> <laughs> i had i wasn't a coffee drinker until like a month or so ago and i started drinking iced coffees and they're quite delectable Ooh, all right so <laughs> actually when you told me about the coffee at the at smithville i was like oh i'm not a coffee drinker but maybe i'll try it well now put put yourself yeah. in my mouth i gotta try it i can't wait to be in your mouth <laughs> put your beans where my mouth is <laughs> So when uh, you do the kids parties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no more dirty jokes until later. Oh. Until the yeah, we need another five, six minutes to get that. I, I was about to say about like five and a half, six and a half minutes. But so all right, let's start let's start from the beginning to kind of get on the road a little bit here. One um what kind of push you to start to get into, you know, like magic, balloon animals, uh, clown stuff, and like all of that? Because you're also, you once told me, hey, I will train dingus for you. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. <yeah. laughs> I'm 
also found Matrix, apparently. I will train um, I will train your dingus. Um <laughs> uh, all right. So I started um when I was a kid, they would have like a yearly show that came on TV called World's Greatest Magicians. Which, if you were a preteen kid, uh, especially preteen boy, and you saw all you saw that everyone went to the local library or school library, picked up a book, um, learned the, the the twenty magic things you can do around the house, which weren't that good, and most people fell out of it. Uh, but and, and then they start hanging out with their real friends, and they start talking to girls or boys, depending on what your preference is, and then they start having a, a social life. Uh, if you can't start a social life, you stick with magic and then balloons and then a coffee company and all that other stuff. And that's what happened to me. But uh, <laughs> so when I was younger, I saw World's Greatest Magicians and I absolutely fell in love with being able to entertain people because I was an incredibly shy kid that didn't know how to approach or conversate with people. I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a car guy. I, I was a skateboarder and uh, some comic books, video games, card uh, card games, board games, stuff like that, which uh, when we were kids was not as cool as it is now, which makes me both love and hate this hipster error. I was doing this before it was cool stuff. <laughs> just be happy you're doing it and that now people aren't making fun of you for it. Um, so... I grew up in Ocean City during the summer. I have access to the boardwalk, which means thousands and thousands of people I can practice magic in front of. And uh, if if I'm bad, they'll never see me again. So a lot less pressure. And yeah, so I started that and did that for years on the boardwalk until I got a job at the magic shop in Smithville that was there many, many, many years ago. Um and then took it more professional uh, after high school for a few years. And oh God, I hate, I feel like I'm just rambling on about my, uh, I'm like the worst dating bio filling out ever. Uh, <laughs> That's what this podcast basically is. <laughs> just letting everybody know I'm single and here's where you can find me. Um, so yeah, so I was doing the I was doing magic for a while until I decided to start a family, and I kind of put everything on the back burner for a little bit um, to raise the kids. And I went on I got a a quote unquote real job, which was terrible. I was a poker dealer at uh, Harris Casino for I think just shy of ten years or just shy of nine years, and left there once I got back into balloons, which was the like the weirdest jump from one place to another uh, and have been back into doing entertainment uh, full time for uh, again, just shy about 10 years now. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely a market that's a little easier to uh, deal with than Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Well, in I, the casinos, I should say. So here's the thing that I notice about at the casino. And I was I was a poker dealer. So it wasn't like people were. I mean, I guess yeah, you were still losing money, but it, you didn't lose money unless you put it in the pot with it. Whatever. People were still miserable. Then they'd win a big hand and you'd think like, oh, they're going to be happy now. But they're still miserable from the hand they lost last week, just because that's the way these people are. <laughs> and it, it was not a fun environment to be in. Um, 
And I then the money wasn't as good as it was in the beginning, which made it even worse. Now you're now you're stuck in a job that you can't stand and you can't even justify it by saying, oh, well, at least they pay you well. Uh, I got back into entertaining specifically with balloons. And that summer I landed my first steady balloon restaurant gig at a restaurant down in Wildwood called Jimbo's at the time. Um, and I was making enough at Jimbo's in four hours of twisting balloons, uh, that justified leaving eight hours of dealing at the casinos and everybody was happy. You know, I walk up to a table, uh, hi, I'm the balloon guy. Could I interest you in somebody in in a balloon? If they weren't, they go, no, we're okay. And I'd say, well, enjoy your meal. And I'll, have a good day. And that was it. There was nobody was mad, nobody screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? Like I've never given a kid a balloon monkey and him told me to go kick rocks because he wanted something. You know what I mean? Like it's just people are happy to get balloons because they're balloons. Also, Wild Wildwood and Ocean City Boardwalk. I always say if you're coming to Jersey and want to hit a boardwalk, Wildwood or Ocean City, I always say or the like and that's I live closer to Seaside and Point Pleasant. Because I'm just like, I grew up at Wildwood. And then when I discovered Ocean City, I was like, oh, my God, this place is just as amazing for different reasons. Really? You would come down here from Seaside? Yep. I, I live probably half hour or so from Seaside, depending on traffic. I, like, I would go to Seaside and point. Actually, um, because my boardwalks were were down here. Like, I lived in Ocean City, um, but I think I like Wildwood's Boardwalk more, and I think that has to do with nostalgia. I grew up in, in Wildwood until I was about eight when we moved to Ocean City. So for me, I just go back and I can see the stuff I remember as a kid. And um, so, yeah, uh, I definitely think out of, out of the boardwalks I've experienced on the South Jersey uh, shore, I agree with you. Ocean City and Wildwood are probably my favorite. And it's yeah. it's a real close toss. On oh, yeah. Paper. Although now I'd probably, uh, yeah, I'd probably still say Wildwood. I like that carnival feel that you get there with the games. Um, And especially, I I believe Ocean City has gone downhill a lot over the last 15 years. Um, But but again, I think that's a nostalgic reason because I grew up there when I was when I was younger. Now, two quick questions about Wildwood because it's I, okay. I haven't gotten to talk about it in a while. My brothers remember because we would we'd go down to Cape May for like a weekish in the summer to stay at Outdoor World because we had, like okay. my grandparents had a membership there. My parents would take us, and one night was always spent at Wildwood. Okay, the insulting clown in the dunk tank. Yes, you remember? Yes. And then. Yes, I do. I believe it was like a comic shop or something, but it went out of business and they kept the universal monster statues in the windows. It was on one of the piers. Do you remember that? No, I don't was, remember that one. There was um, like the bride. There was uh Frankenstein. I think creature creature. Oh yeah, man. I'm upset that I missed that, but I, I got a throwback for you. Dracula's castle. I was scared shitless to walk by that thing. I absolutely loved Dracula's castle when I was younger. And 
I, I just found out because they have a museum um, in Wildwood that goes over the history of Wildwood. And they had a uh, little documentary about the Dracula's Castle that that was still around until I think it was like 2016 or something like that. Uh, or no, no. Um, maybe it was uh, like 2006 or whatever. Like I definitely thought it burned down. It burned down way before. Um, but apparently like it wasn't as long ago as I had thought it was. And it was because two, I think they were 16 year old kids broke in, started a fire and left. That oh. makes me so mad. I, I always knew it burned down. 2006 sounds, sounds about right to me. Cause I remember it was like as a kid and just being scared shitless of it. Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, I never went on it. Really? Oh my I god! I never went on it. It was awesome. I remember walking by and like you hear the music, the do -do -do, do -do -do -do, and see like it was, was two thousand and two that it burned down. All right, so I was nine years old. Me, yeah. Oh. Wow. So I lie about my age all the time and I forget how old I really am. <laughs> and I just realized when you said you were nine, I was, I was not nine. I, I'm slightly older than that, but uh, yeah. So that is, <laughs> ah, damn you for being young. <laughs> I, I remember being a kid scared shitless of Dracula's castle and when it burned down. I'm like, hells yeah. Yeah, that means they can go anywhere now. They're not confined. There's one right behind you. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's weird. I, I looked and all I see is a little action figure of myself grabbing a Doink the Clown bendable figure. So that's kind of awesome. <laughs> that that might be scarier than the castle. I just noticed some of them fell. What the fuck happened? Uh, who knows? See? Anyway, it's coming to get you. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave my dingus and doink behind me. Um, <laughs> so said, fuck the casinos. I'm done dealing these cards to these damn people. I'm going to start entertaining their kids instead. <laughs> and, so uh, it's um, I wish it was that of uh, that kind of decision where I was like, I am done with it. And I have I have tried to remember probably a thousand times over the last 10 years on how this happened. I was, I want to say on Facebook, um, or I know I was on the computer at, at some point, and I came across the picture of a two-balloon monkey that really looked like a monkey. And my thought was, oh my God, that looks like a monkey. Which doesn't, I mean, it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but when I was doing balloons before, when I was a teenager, everything was all, it was all one balloon and it, the dog, horse, cat, every animal looked the same. It was the bubble nose, the bubble ears, bubble neck, like, and so the, the giraffe was the dog with a longer neck. Uh, the dog was, uh, uh or the cat was a dog that you drew whiskers on. I was like, this is, this all looks terrible. The one that I liked the least was the monkey because it was, it was difficult for me to make, which probably played a little bit into it. 
But even when I when it was done, it just looked like a bunch of bubbles that like you had to really use your imagination for it to look like something. And my thought was, this is way too difficult to not look as good as it should to be a monkey. Forget monkeys. So when I found this this two balloon monkey that looked like a monkey, I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. Like that's that looks way easier. So I started looking into more of what was happening in the balloon world and was completely blown away. Um, and the, re the reason why uh, I, I was so flabbergasted by it was when I was 17, 18 or whatever, everything was one balloon. But there was two books um, that were uh, put out by an Italian balloon artist that had some of these bigger, more detailed sculptures like Roger Rabbit, Donald Duck, and uh, uh, I think Daffy Duck was in there too, Popeye. But they all used like 19 to 20 balloons. And at the time, you were only able to buy balloons in bags of 100. Well, you got six or seven colors in a bag of 100. You might only get seven red. So if your Roger Rabbit needs, needs nine red balloons, you have to buy 200 balloons and hope that you don't pop any while making it. And then you can't make anything red. And I was like, well, this is good, but not really where you're at. Um, I did find out later that those designs were stolen by that Italian balloon artist, by an American balloon artist named Captain Visual, who is a big name in the balloon industry, um, which I didn't know there was that kind of drama in the balloon world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I did have the pleasure of learning that information from a newly acquired friend, Captain Visual, who I found out lives like 30 minutes away from me. And we have been friends for like the last eight years. He is an awesome guy. Um, at one point had, I think it was like the third biggest comic book distributor in America. It was, uh, uh, Jemco, I think it was, or, or, uh, yeah, I think that was how you pronounced it. Um, so he's a great artist, great balloon artist, great clown. Um, which when I was younger, I never would have thought I would have met or that he was so close. Um, so when I found out all of these new designs that you could do with, two three balloons that look really good like you i can make a mermaid that looks like a mermaid like nobody nobody's gonna look at it and go oh what's that supposed to be you look at it and you go oh my god that is a mermaid and the design i i prefer with it is four balloons you can do it with three but then she's topless um so i only do that for the adult parties um and it like i just got back into practicing because it was fun again and I started uh, making more, more designs and building a bigger repertoire until I felt that I could start doing gigs again with it. Uh, because even when I was performing when I was younger, it was mostly magic because I didn't like the one balloon uh, sculptures. It, they weren't at the same level that I was trying to be at with my magic and my comedy and all that. So... Um, yeah, I landed a, a job and for a while I was doing, I was doing grave shift at the casino. And then when I would get done, I'd have to take the early out if, if I could and head right down to Wildwood to do, um, uh, to do my shift at Jimbo's. And 
after maybe like a month or two, uh, I was like, this is, it doesn't make sense to be going to the casino, hating the job, not making the money that justifies missing out on my social life, missing out on, my God, uh, I think my kid, I think my son was like nine at the time. I had worked every birthday, every Christmas, every Halloween, every holiday. Granted, it was the night shift, but I was either exhausted or had to go to sleep in the middle of the celebrations. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is, I'm going to leave the casino and focus more on the entertainment stuff. And I've been doing it ever since. And you're hella good at it, too. It's. I remember when I met you, you were I'm like, why is this dude making balloon animals at a burlesque <laughs> show? And I remember, I remember my first request ever to you. I think it's honestly the only balloon you ever made for me. Really? But yeah, uh, uh, I'm trying to, because I was blown away. I was like, can you make me a balloon sharknado? And you damn well made me a fucking balloon sharknado. Oh my God, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I think I have a picture on my Facebook or something. If I, if I have it, I'm going to, I'll put it in the description of that, like the, post promoting oh, it you but, know what uh, i'll because now i want to see a side by side because we met probably seven or eight years ago god has it been that long probably yeah yeah it's it's yes. been a while i'd love to see the difference of because i know the shark that i do now looks so different and awesome compared to the shark i did nine years ago so i think uh, i think i might need to make you another sharknado oh my god i'm so down <clears throat> That I remember that, like, because it was after that meeting you, I started seeing like your work and all that, and I was blown the fuck away by your Slimer being a huge oh, Ghostbuster fan. Thank you very much. I made one of them for Ernie Hudson too. I remember. I saw the picture. Actually, hold on. So that that's kind of a funny story. So, <clears throat> uh, my brother Mikey had introduced me to Movie Dumpster <clears throat> a few months prior to this. Because he knows Joe through something. Uh, I think maybe working with Newt is is how they, they know each other. And uh, I had been listening to Movie Dumpster, but didn't really know anybody individually or whatever. Um, only knew them as listening to their content. And I'm in line to see Ernie Hudson to take the picture and give him the Slimer. And as I'm in line, I hear somebody go, that is an awesome Slimer. And I turn and look, and they're wearing Movie Dumpster shirts. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I was like, oh, Movie Dumpster is awesome. I just started listening to them. And they go, oh, that's us. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? So I told them that Mikey had introduced them. They're like, oh, my God, we love them. Started being friends from there that I had to go like, oh, guys, give me one second, turned, took a picture, gave Ernie the Slimer, and then went back to the conversation with Movie Dumpster guys. Um, so I met them the same time that I met Ernie Hudson, just randomly. Holy shit. <laughs> That's, I love, yeah, I love was, when the world it, works like that. Right? Like It's just like, it's such a small world when shit like that happens. It's like, oh, I love that. Just, I love Oh, that's us. Oh, really? No way. <laughs> we met at, um, oh no, it, we didn't meet there. Uh, you had Angelina Sophia Frost, uh, the head of the Black Hole Burlesque, or, or when I met her, she was the head. Um, I think she has taken a break now, and for a while, they were. she would partner up with uh, another one of her uh, burlesque friends. 
but I met her at a comic book release party uh, for the comic book Super. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, the local group down here. And she was doing, she was with Angelina and the Exploding Robots. And we started talking and we found out that she had just moved to the area and uh, from, uh, I want to say like the Delco or Delran area. It's been a while, so I'm probably 100% wrong on that. But I was like, oh, that's cool. Where'd you move to? And she goes, oh, I just moved to uh, Absecon. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I just moved to Absecon. Like I've been South Jersey the whole time. I just moved. And she goes, Oh, that's awesome. Where did you move to? And I I said the name of the complex and she goes, that's the complex I just moved into. And I was like, what? She was on the other side of the complex I just moved into a few months before. <clears throat> and then when we started working together for the burlesque show is where I met um, Chelsea, who is the uh, queen of the art department for Love is Love Coffee. And she came up for one of the games that we were doing. Cause I was, I was doing that. I was hosting the, uh, the burlesque show. She came up and won two tickets to an anti Valentine's day show. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was an anti Valentine's day burlesque show. And she won tickets to the Valentine's comedy show in Atlantic city that I was doing with, uh, the Reverend Bob Levy. And we've been friends ever since. But when we were talking, I was like, oh, that's like you're local. That's awesome. Where do you live? Now, this is this is maybe six months later. I have moved out of the development that uh, Angelina lived in and I moved to Egg Harbor Township. So I'm talking to Chelsea and I said, oh, like, where are you? And she goes, I live in EHT. And I go, oh, that's crazy. I just moved to EHT. And she goes, oh, where? I say, I'm on Mill Road. And she goes, I live off... She lived two minutes walking distance away from me after, like, right after we met. Like, it's just crazy. What? Yeah. Somebody that I, that's lived in this area her entire life. I live in this area my entire life. We, we haven't run into each other anywhere, run into each other and find out we live right around the corner from each other. That happened twice in like six months because of performing. All right. Now I'm just going to come out and ask it. No. Uh -oh. Rudy, do you just like search where burlesque dancers live and just I'm gonna move on <laughs> in? Oh, you live in 38C? I live in 38E. What? Uh, I've been spending a lot of time there. All right, yeah, you know what? He wants I, to be playing my balloon sometimes. Come over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, I'll make you a balloon animal. Come over. What, what, what's your address? I'm thinking I need a new place. <laughs> It's been over five and a half, six and a half minutes, so we're good. Yeah, now we're now we're at the thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that is insane, though. It's it really is. It's such a small fucking world, and it's like down there. It's it's a small area, but it's not too because there's a lot of people like in that you know, in well, that you know Atlantic what? City Obsequian area. I think because like I've I've discussed this before. Like, where is everybody? I, I think people get into their cliques and their circles and they pick a handful of places that are their stomping grounds and they don't really go anywhere else. Yeah. So if you're not checking out new areas in your town or in your place, you're not, you're going to miss a large majority of the people because you only go to the same two places. Oh yeah. Yeah. I usually go, um, I would always go to Doyle's the bar down the road, a town over. Yeah. 
recently my buddy and I started going to karaoke nights at uh, the Lighthouse, a bar right in town. And it's one, you know, went to as a kid and all that. And uh, <laughs> I went to the bar as a kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. But uh, uh, we started going there and it's just like, you know, see like these all pe- all these people that it's like, they, they they live probably within five minutes of me. Yeah. That it's just like, I've never seen you a day in my life. Like, and it's people that you know, like, eat, sleep, and breathe wear town because it's like, you look at them, it's like, yeah, you totally lived next to the power plant for this many years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's like when you venture out of those little comfort zones and experiment with the, the smallest of places in your areas, like the well, people you could meet. You know what? I've, I've said to myself, like, it's crazy where performing has gotten me and who it's, it's, led me to meet or or the random places i've been and it's uh, it's because of performing but really it's because i'm going to new places yeah if i had if i was just going to new places every week you're gonna meet new people oh yeah so and i think this is the first time that i've really thought of it that way and not purposely assigned it to being a performer but just getting out and doing new things and i know it's hard like if you're thinking of going to check out a place well what's the parking like what what are the prices is there a cover it might cost you seventy dollars to go to a new place for a night you get food you get a couple of drinks gas tolls parking it's not easy to make that a weekly habit to go somewhere new or to see a show and but if you're working the event or if you're being paid to be there, a lot of that, a lot of those decision making thoughts are off the table now. Oh, yeah. Now, for me, it's not a matter of, well, man, can I afford the $70 to go to this place or the $50 to go to this place? Now it's, well, I have to go because they're paying me to be there. And sometimes it's a VFW in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> um that maybe you don't uh, you don't get something that you go wow that really justifies going because sometimes it's a bus you might go to a new place and it not be worth it so if you go if you go to a new restaurant and the food's not good well now you're out the money you're out the time and you taste the bad food yeah. but if you're working at an event and you and maybe you don't get a long-term customer but you sold enough to cover your your gas or tolls for the day. It's like, all right, well, at least I didn't financially take a hit trying that thing out. But it's it's hard to do if you're not putting yourself in those spots. Yeah, yeah, it's the, that's where the definitely like the performing aspect of it does help. Like with it, I never thought about it that way, where it's like, you know, I, I was always one like I enjoyed checking out new places, but parking the main thing. Like when it comes to like Philly or New York. Oh my god! So, yeah, it's like especially with the tolls with that New York just to get over the bridges is like thirty bucks. Like, well, just to go to Philly. I think it's for me. Um, I want to say it's like fifteen dollars in tolls alone. That's where I luck out because I just drive. <laughs> like to set like 72 to 70 and i yeah. only have to i only have to pay the bridge that's it like the five yeah, bucks see, or whatever for the bridge so for me for as much as i'd love to go to philly and check it out 
I, I'm spending, uh, let, let's say roughly $40 just to get there. Yeah. Now, whatever the ticket price was or the show or whatever it is, food, drink, parking, it's not an easy trip to make if you, if you don't have the money. And that, that I think puts a lot of us in the spot where it's easier to watch Netflix or, or HBO or, or whatever your streaming service is, than go out to the movies, <clears throat> which, and I just, I, I was just having this conversation the other day. I'm driving around on a Friday night, Saturday night. What? And at nine o'clock, the majority of the stores around my area are closed. I'm going like, I know this wasn't the way it was when I was younger. I could see maybe a Wednesday night being closed at nine, but you're looking at Friday, Saturday night. If you did decide to go out to the movies, there's nowhere for you to eat at, you have to eat at six, like forget having uh, a dinner and a movie date. It's easier to order in and watch something at, at your house but for a performer, that does not equal a good formula or a good strategy. Like we've got to bring back going out and doing things. Yeah. My buddy and I were having a good talk after like the his new band. It was one of my bandmates, uh, him and the one other guy, they formed a new project. And they were playing down the road. I didn't know where this place was or anything. Turned out to be a house show. And like okay. this backyard garage area. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I love weird shit like this. And we were talking and we were just saying how like with like music venues, so many shutting down and like just disappearing. Like this month alone, like five in New Jersey that everyone yeah. frequented. Like gone. shut down. Yeah. They uh, had uh, last week, I think it was. Yeah. That Roxy and Dukes I saw. Brighton Bar Roxy was torn was down. Good. Uh, like so many are gone and like we were just saying how I was like this year we need to really focus on I'm like how there's the Denny's Grand Slam there was the show at Cluck You in Tom's River there was just that show at Sonic I'm like we all need to all of us entertainers need to start thinking outside of the box with these places that are struggling and just be like hey let's do some weird shit there I, I completely agree with you. The issue I've run into is the the managers or the owners don't want to take a chance or don't want to put out any money to, to try to do anything. So <clears throat> I try to keep my prices reasonable for what I do. Like even we were talking about this before. My pins uh, for Earth 3825 are $10. I pay an artist... I, I shell out the money for the pins. We have stickers, we have posters, and I try to keep the prices low that if you wanted to turn around and go, Hey, I like that. It's less than an hour of what minimum wage is. Yeah. That's not a bad way to look at it, yeah. but then you see other things and it's like, well, it's now $30 for that to get a DVD of the movie you've already seen, or you could have downloaded or have has already paid for itself. When I see a movie from the 80s on on sale at a store like Best Buy or Tart, and it's still $20, you're going like, I know you've you've made the money off of it already. Or like, why are you still trying to gouge gouge it? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is a uh, there is a living wage that you that artists need to charge in order to do their stuff. Uh, and I run into this with uh 
there was a booking agent or, or booking company that I worked with years ago that would get really mad at me for not dropping my rate down to like $50 an hour for balloons. And I was like, well, listen, here's the thing. Even if it was 50, you're still not compensating me for the travel for the gig. That's an hour and a half. So that's three hours round trip. So now if I drop it down to $50 an hour, it's actually even less from the time that I'm out there. It's a super busy gig. I'm going to be going through my inventory like crazy, handing out balloons that even if I was doing the simple stuff, you're expecting 6,000 people at this event. That's going to be two, $300 worth of product alone that I'm just giving out. That if you only want me to take the gig for 400 or 300, I'm losing money. Yeah. Like why, if you, if you have people that are doing it for $50 an hour, there are people that are doing it on the side <clears throat> and it's not their main thing, which is it's great. That's fine. I don't want to do the one balloon stuff. Yeah. So if you have somebody that will, that's great. I bet they're not insured. I bet they're not paying taxes. I bet they're not paying employees or I bet they have no kind of overhead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these business owners or managers, they go, uh, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Or it's not worth it. Uh, I, I once, actually it was last summer we were, I was setting up my bookings for uh, not just me. I also book out uh, face painters, musicians, magicians, other balloon artists. Like I did one, one stop shopping for all your party needs. <laughs> um, and the manager of a bed and breakfast, uh, I had said, would you think, what, what did you think about maybe a strolling magician for out on the deck or in the lobby? And he goes, yeah, no, I don't like that. It, it's too intrusive. And I said, oh, okay. Like uh, maybe you just saw a bad guy. I said, like, where did you, where did you see a strolling magician? Like, do you know who it was? And he goes, I've never seen one in action. I just, I don't like that idea. And I went, but when you just told me you're not pulling the trigger on this decision because you think it's too intrusive, but you've never seen it in action before. How do you have your job? Yeah. <laughs> All we saw was an Uncle Magic commercial and was like, I don't know. I don't trust those fellas. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Meanwhile, um, in the heyday, the casinos had strolling magicians at their restaurants at these fancy high class places. If it's good for a, a, a five star restaurant, it's good for your your bed and breakfast. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, too, it's like with... um like with the powers of social media and all that shit, like nowadays yeah. and how people are so, so set on documenting stuff. Like you get, you know, you have a good balloon artist there and, you know, I've seen your work. You know, I remember when we went to the, uh, when I helped you out with the uh, convention in Atlantic city, the comic convention. Oh, and yeah. I remember you made like a Ninja turtle for a kid. Now you have a parent sitting there at say like a bed and breakfast or something that their kids carry around this giant ninja turtle balloon animal that they're like, oh, little Charlie's so damn happy. There was a balloon artist at uh Charlie Wallace's bed and breakfasts, whatever. Yeah, it's and it's they post it and they're like, Oh, this place is like doing this for the kids. Oh, yeah. we should take the kids to this bed and breakfast. Thing with with hotel, I mean. 
with what I do during the summer, I have nine steady gigs um, for the entire summer season down here. Hotels, ice cream parlors, restaurants, and uh, outside bar and restaurants. But it's stuff where they're doing things to draw people in. And when you have that stuff where people are taking pictures and posting, hey, another great night out at so-and-so restaurant or out at so-and-so ice cream. And look, they even have this. Doesn't matter if it's live music, if it's um, if it's a magician, a face painter, a, a balloon artist. As if you have something that's going to put you above or, or or set you aside from the other places that aren't doing anything. Yeah. And how do you get that word out and about to people? Is by other people posting the pictures and saying, "Hey, here we are." If you're not doing it, nobody knows you're doing anything. There's no draw. There's no nothing. And it, I'm so amazed at how many managers I've come across have no interest in doing that. Or corporate um, corporate companies that don't want to spend anything extra because it comes out of the money that the board members would get. So no more employee perks, no more whatever I was. And not, not to say the name of the company, but I had a manager of one of the companies say, we used to have an employee appreciation day and we were told to stop them because employees shouldn't be rewarded for doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, and I was like, <laughs> like what, what kind of statement is that to make? Jesus. Yeah. That's people. Yeah. That's what people are getting paid to do. But at the same time, it's like they're getting paid to do the job, but you know, nine times out of 10, those employees are putting up with more shit than they're getting paid to do. Yep. That, that are way above their pay grade. A place that treats them better or offers them a dollar more an hour. You're losing that employee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A dollar or go far away. It's a <laughs> fuck the employee appreciation day. It's like I'm getting a dollar yeah. more here. There's my appreciation. Like it's it's a silly world we live in, but it's. With like what you do and everything and with the people posting and stuff like that, it's, you know, they'll pay for advertisement in a paper, but yeah. it's like how many people actually read like a paper or something. It's free advertisement where it's networking people with people they know. You see yeah. a friend on Facebook <laughs> with kids posting their kids all happy with these balloon animals, you know, and you and, you know, you and your spouse are like, hey, Let's go try food at this place. Look, they got balloon animals on Tuesdays. Like they got balloon so, artists there. It looks great. Like I know that you get it because you're you're in the same boat. You do the music. You got to find the venues that'll let you perform and 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 all that. And so obviously, you, me, Angelina gets it. My other magician friends, other me. Like we've got to get the general public back on. To appreciating that stuff because the the bars and restaurants or the venues aren't going to have us if they're not seeing a draw. Yeah, I used to do, a, and part of the reason that I stopped running the comedy rooms is we would. There was one in Northfield that we did. It was free parking. It was BYOB, and I kept the prices cheap. It was fifteen dollars for a ticket, or. 20 for two tickets yeah i think that i think that's how i had it because so i was trying to get it to be like couples coming out or just bring a friend 
yeah. for another five dollars you can get a friend in whatever right and and good comics like we we had the legendary wid we had michelle tomko uh we had a, a local guy scott um we had and uh vince valentine who i keep seeing commercials he's in popping up like i would do my research and get actual touring and featuring comics out and we could not fill a 30 seat room once a month shit however atlantic city in the pier has the same show essentially three times a night seven days a week and they're packed yeah twenty dollars for parking twenty dollars for the tickets two drink minimum you're looking at a hundred dollar night easy yeah versus a 25 dollar night but people get it in their mind that oh it's a show in atlantic city that's what we want to do yeah well eventually that's not going to happen anymore you know what i mean like there's there's a boom or you're gonna hit the end of people being able to to make it buy on that you know what i mean like you're if you've got to do three shows a night seven nights a week to make your money you're not charging enough yeah you know what i mean like i can't think of any musician can you think of any musician that would gladly take a three gig a night seven night a thing uh, uh seven nights a week for pennies oh no or just for the stage time no Oh, you're getting paid in exposure. Yeah. <laughs> or my favorite, um, if you sell X amount of tickets, we'll oh give you my 50. God. Like, wait a minute. So am I getting paid for selling the tickets or for the art that I'm doing? Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause, uh, I, I don't give a fuck. I'll say the name. Uh, rest in peace, <laughs> Brighton Bar. Um, when we started playing Brighton, like we were doing good. And the promoter got us to play Fright Fest and all that. It wasn't the owner of the Brighton. It was another promoter who many of people have issues with. And uh, we, we were doing shows and we would get like the stack of tickets. And like we were selling like it was like a Thursday night, the one show. We sold like 50 tickets. I like I think it was like 10, 15 bucks a piece. And like we we Easy. we were selling a lot and then our cd release show came around we sold over 100 tickets to that but the dude was like all right since you've been doing great like you know we're charging this much for the tickets you guys are getting this much for your tickets and then the band's opening you're getting a cut from never have i ever walked away with the money we did we got like over fucking 900 for our cd release show that's awesome. As a local band. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. But then one of the last shows we did, we opened for Doyle at the Brighton, Doyle from the Misfits. Uh, it was like a Monday, it was like a Monday night. And it was like a later show, and tickets were like 18 or 20 bucks. Mind you, we live an hour from the venue. Yeah. We sold like five, ten tickets around there, no more than 10. The promoter was pissed. And we're like, dude, well, not for nothing. It's not like we're opening for the fucking Misfits. It's the guitarist of the Misfits on a Monday night. We're an hour away. We're not always going to be pulling this stuff, but like he expected it of us. But we still gave a shit, even though the place was packed. Because he just wanted more. 
Yeah, and here's the thing. If Doyle's not the draw, how is that <laughs> your fault? Exactly. Like, it's it was, like, just a whole big thing. And, like, that's why it's, like, with those pay-to-play things, it's, like, it's just... If if it's that much to get that musician in a place like that, or if, considering the day of the week, I'm like, you're the one that's in bad business practice. Like yeah. it's because it's like, if it doesn't have, don't be taking that risk for that money, expecting local bands to draw that. He knew we were an hour away. It's like, so, yeah, we've done it, but we can't always do it. I I have. Oh, God, I have so many ideas running through my head. Like I am a big believer that this world needs to be redone and we all have to get our priorities on a different track because we're, we're all doing it wrong. And I think it's by design from whoever's in charge to keep us as divided and um, distracted as possible. Oh yeah. That even business owners and, and listen, I'm one of them. I I've, I'm still learning how to run my business the right way. And I, I'm reading books and I'm talking to mentors and I'm, I'm uh, doing everything I can to l- as learn as much as I can. If you're thinking of getting a big name to come and play your venue, whatever it is, whether it's music, magic, comedy, whatever, don't gamble on booking them and hoping you're going to make enough money. Yeah. That if it doesn't fail, are you not able to pay them? Are you are you digging yourself a hole? Like at, as you're making your money, you should be budgeting what you're putting into your next big show. That if it happens and no nobody shows up, you're out that money, which is terrible, but at least you're not in a hole that you can't afford to pay somebody or can't can't afford to do that like i did it was i want to say an october show maybe december a few years ago where i was going to get the legendary wid john kensel uh i think i was i think i was just emceeing i don't i think i might have had another opener for it and it was the first really cold night of the season. And it was out in kind of a, I don't want to say a faraway place, but not a readily easily to get to venue. Um, and we did not sell as many tickets as I would have liked. And Wid came over and he was like, listen, if you don't have it, like, don't worry about it. Like, I understand. And I was like, absolutely not. Like I hired you now again, maybe this is because I'm not just a promoter. I'm a performer doing a promoter's job. Yeah. If somebody hired me and I, matter of fact, I went, I did a birthday party. They told me the wrong time. So I was there an hour early, two hours early, whatever it was. And I had another gig booked for later. So I couldn't stay for the actual party. I spent the hour that I was there making as many balloons as I could so that when the kids came in, they would at least be able to grab a balloon that they wanted and do the thing because I'm definitely getting paid for being here the time you told me and I'm going to do the job you hired me to do. Yeah. 
So Wid was like, listen, I understand we didn't get a lot of people if you don't have it. And I said, absolutely not. Like, I have the money for this show. I was hoping that I made more than this so that I had a profit. But your, I, he came from Philly. The, the amount of stuff. The next time I have him on, because I actually I've been thinking about just doing another show just to have him on again because I love watching him. You got to come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I took a loss on the show. Which sucked, but I've had him on two or three shows since, and it's a great working relationship. Yeah. I I can't imagine being the kind of person that would intentionally or unintentionally uh, try to pull one over on somebody else. Like, even, I, I don't want to do business that way. So I'm, I'm always open about, if you were to call me and I don't think I'm a right fit, uh, I you shouldn't go with me for this event. Or there was one that happened uh, a couple of months ago. It was a volunteer family farm, like two hours away that wanted to try to book me for every Saturday and Sunday. I was available in October and I was like, okay, um, the traveling is, is expensive. Um, but even if I, Let's say I got a, a hotel room from Saturday night to Sunday night to cut down on it. That, that'll factor in a little bit of it. I said, but even if I were to cut down the price because you're doing multiple bookings, it would still come out to whatever it was. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's not really in our budget because they're a volunteer thing. They don't really get all. And I said, listen, um, here, this might be your best bet for something. And I told them how to go onto Amazon, order certain stuff that I've seen at other parties that they can have their volunteers do and at least have something extra for their, their clients, their customers for that weekend. Would, would I have made more if I'd done it? Absolutely. Would it have cost them more? Absolutely. Could they afford it? No. So I'd rather, and I told them, I said, listen, I'd rather tell you how to do something on your own and then when something comes up that you can't do on your own like like a balloon artist or a magic show or stilt walker or whatever hopefully then you go hey you know what maybe we should go to the guy that really helped us out last time and didn't try to run us through the ringer for a couple of weekends oh yeah i uh at work because i do like termite and pest control uh, a lady was having a mosquito problem and I'm like, listen, your, your whole yard is rocks, nothing but rocks, not a tree in sight or anything. I'm like, look at your neighbor behind you, their backyard, you know, all overgrown shit laying everywhere with stagnant water and everything. I'm like, there's your issue. I'm like, we can spray, but it's not going to really do anything. Yeah. And I'm, I gave like alternatives with things. I'm like, this should help out. I'm like, but the issues there, I'm like, so I wouldn't feel comfortable. And I was there doing another service because they had like another contract with us still. And I was just like, honestly, like it won't do much of anything. Lady gave me $20 because she's like, I, I want to give you a little extra something for your honesty and all that. I said, try and get money. Yeah. I'm like, it, I, I just want to, I just want to say, considering how the episode started, <laughs> and I, I, and I was like, this is how the episode is going to go. And where it's at now, it, I'm like, I was not expecting this to happen. I'm like, this episode is just going to be called business 
ethics. Right? Well, because <laughs> it's... I, all, of, all of your performers, all the people you have on here, like, it, it, what we're doing is a business. It is. Or at least, a, hopefully, a profitable one. Um, 28 episodes into, into your podcast, I doubt you're rolling in the dough now. But if this keeps up five, ten years down the line, maybe you'll be in a better spot. Maybe you'll be in an office instead of your room. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, but no, we can't get there if nobody's learning. I am, yeah. I am only as well off as I am now because I've listened to mentors that knew way more than me and took the time out to share some of their knowledge. Yeah, and if. If I want to stay in business, I need everybody to understand what kind of person I am. Do I crack inappropriate jokes? Yeah, because oh, yeah. they're funny. I don't do it at kids' <laughs> shows, although that would be hilarious. Um, at least for me, anyway. The parents would be mortified. Um, but if the business owners don't see the value in what we do or the draw in what we do, if the clients don't see the draw in what we do, and I'll be honest, Oh, and you know what? You're you're the perfect person to ask this to. Uh-oh. I do not understand the draw of a live musician at a bar over just a jukebox or the radio playing. Right? If you're a business owner and somebody goes, well, it can cost you two, three hundred dollars for a couple of hours of this guy playing, or we can just turn the radio on. And it's not going to cost us anything extra unless he is on a stage or people are paying attention to him. And it's not just background music. I don't get it. I yeah. love that. I love that it works and that other people get it, but I don't get it. I, I also don't get, um, and, and I, it's weird bringing this up because it sounds like something I'm making up. Temporary tattoo stations. I'm, you just shocked me. <laughs> right. I saw them in three or four events in August that I did where it was a table with temporary tattoos of a little bucket of water and, and a sponge or a rag and somebody putting these tattoos on the kids. And I was like, this is this is a thing people are paying for. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Then hey, hey, how much you get charged per hour, bud? <laughs> right. So I now let let's say jump ahead three, four weeks. I get a call from another company. They're looking for a balloon artist and a face painter. I say that's perfect. I got them for you. They come back and they go, actually, they already have a face painter. Do you have something else? And I was like, What are what are you like? Do you want a stilt walker? Do you want a musician? Do you want to? And I said, no, how about uh, something something like face painting, but not face painting? And I was like, do you mean like henna tattoos or, and and I feel weird saying it, the, the a temporary tattoo station? <laughs> and they went, oh, tell me more about the temporary tattoo station. Oh, my God. I was like, okay. Oh I said, okay, so here's what it is. It's a station where kids come. And we put temporary tattoos on them. And he went, that's great. Let's book it. And I went, okay. <laughs> I don't have a temporary tattoo station. <laughs> but I, I hopped online. I ordered everything that I needed. Now, and granted, if you're putting out the money 
to to build this this thing. It's like going out and buying a new drum set or a, or a new amp. Or you're dumping money into it. Oh yeah. So probably not something a normal mom or dad would do to turn around and drop two hundred some odd dollars on a temporary tattoo station. Yeah. I dropped a little over 200 to get a plethora of tattoos, uh, sponges, the scissors, the, the totes to carry everything in. Like I, I go professional. Yeah. Um, I get there, I do it. Everybody loves it. And I'm like, I, I don't get this. I don't get this at all, but everybody is happy. And I thought that was the end of how crazy the temporary tattoo station story could be. Oh my God. It's not the end. Two weeks later, I get a call. Hey, we want to do, um, we want to do entertainment. I go, all right, face painting and balloons. They go, that's great. However, they already have a balloon guy. What else do you have? And I went, I hate to say it to you, but <clears throat> temporary tattoo station. I just did one for this big event last week in Atlantic city. It went over fantastically. They went, that's great. Let's book it. Holy went, shit. Okay. I said, okay. Like, I, I don't know. Now I'm there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the one doing the temporary tattoos. I, I don't. But it gets even better. I get there. The client has their own temporary tattoos they've made. And he says, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you use ours and not yours? And I went, yeah, like, do you want me to use both or do you want me to only use yours? He goes, just ours is fine. And I went, okay. Holy no, shit. I'm not, I'm not going to say what the number is, but pick any number in your head. And is it justified to pay somebody else to put your products on somebody else? with water no not at all and i can probably tell you that the number you're thinking is less than they paid me all right i'm gonna hold up fingers so okay. it, it's an audio podcast so oh no are you fucking kidding me right what yeah to not use your product for you to sit there with the sponge interact with the little ones putting yep. their product on them for that amount of money. Yep. And wait, wait, the best part? That's less than the first gig that I did. What the fuck? Holy shit. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I'm glad that it works, but I don't get it. Oh my. It's just, that's, no, I feel right, like. For, for the people listening, um, it was, it was a stupid amount of money. Yes. But, Here's going back to like, I don't get it, but how do we get other people to see it? The fact that I couldn't sell out a 30 seat room for good name comics once a month at $10 a ticket, but people will pay really ridiculous or my favorite first birthdays, people go out of their minds. I went to, I did a uh, first birthday where I was one of two balloon artists. There were two face painters. There were two caricature artists, a digital and a paper one, a circus act from New York. What? 
and a catered burger station. Holy, it sounds like a birthday party I would want now. Right? And that's, that was just the paid performers or paid workers. That's not counting the, the decorations. That's not counting everything else they did for like, it's just not counting the food, the cake, the, 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 uh, the goodie bags, whatever that would, I think that's eight paid professional performers for a birthday party. The kid has no capability of remembering. I was about to say, and you know, 10 years or so when the kid can talk and has memories of their youth, I want to yep. have them on the show and just be like, oh, I saw, I heard all about your first birthday party. It sounded magnificent. Ah, I don't remember it. I was just a baby. That's like taking a baby <laughs> to Disneyland. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. For the amount that it costs, and let's be honest, anybody that has a parent, or I'm sorry, everybody has a parent. Anybody that has a kid knows if you have to go somewhere with your kid, you are not enjoying it to the level that it should be enjoyed. Even going out to lunch. Oh, yeah. One kid decides to, to not be a, a well-mannered human being because they're kids and they shouldn't be. Now, all of a sudden, your lunch at Applebee's is a little bit more stressful than it should have been. Yeah. I'm not dropping a couple of thousand dollars to hop in a plane to overpay for food and some idiot in a mouse suit so that my little kid can cry for 30% of the trip. Like, get out of here. I'm not able to go on the on the roller coasters I want to, or you know what I mean? If I'm there with my partner, one of us has got to stay off and 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 watch the little crotch goblin and uh yeah, keep in mind, hire me for your kid shows. Uh like <laughs> there God. it is. Yes, we're but back on track. <laughs> that, that um perceived value. Oh, I we bring our kid to Disneyland every year. But yeah, that's nice to have money. I can't bring my kids to McDonald's once a day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Because we're we're in that struggling spot. We're the ones that are working out of our house. We're the one that had the studio the studio set up in our bedroom, um, and and we're the worker bees for the entertainment of the the king's court. We gotta we gotta change. We do, we definitely do. So I am either gonna get a whole lot of fans from this podcast, or a whole lot of people that are like, "This guy is a pompous ass." You're gonna get like a whole lot of ten fan. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to build this bitch up, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's so many people I know that'll talk about the the struggling people and this and that and all that. But yet when it comes to their podcast, they won't bat a fucking eye at uh, something that I'm doing out of my fucking bedroom on a portable table, you know, and it's they won't bat bat an eye and ear at that, but yet, you know, oh, Joe Rogan got Alex Jones on for three and a half hours. Let's go listen to it. But like, I'm like, hey, there's this person that does this this week that are trying to get their story out there. Listen to it. And it's like, that's, I love doing this. And like, I'm honestly with the pod. I don't care if I ever make money from it because the thing is, it's, I enjoy it. It helps me catch up with friends. It helps me meet new people. And it's yep. hearing the stories. I let, I learn a shitload from this. I, I do this more like I do it for myself, for the personal gain, not the financial gain. And it's, 
in hopes of also getting these stories out to other people and getting these people that do things that I enjoy to get them out. And if like their stories are heard by someone, they get them, you know, yeah. it's with these, it's like, Oh, I'll listen to this podcast an hour and a half of, you know, two people farting the whole time while doing nothing. And it's like, and they're making all this money and shit off of it and blowing up. And it's like, you know, it's just, it sucks. And well, it, and I'm sure they went through their struggling years or, or they put in their dues. You know what I mean? Like, so for, for me, like, this is only your 28th episode. Uh, I don't know what your fan base, you cracked the joke about a whole new 10. For me, the, the perceived value of this is catching up with a friend. Yes. Making some content that we can share and give out to people that, that are more than just, Hey, here's a balloon or here's the new song. Like you're, you're getting to know us. Yeah. There's not a lot of time I have at events where I can chat seriously about my thoughts, what's going on or, or what I'd like to do differently. Yeah. So when something comes up and it, it's like this, yeah, absolutely, man. Let's talk. Let's see what we can do. Hopefully your, your, your listeners are enjoying meeting new people, even though they haven't really met, but I'm sure at the end, we're going to be like, Hey, hit us up on social media stuff. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear that you heard me. Um, I, I can't wait to promote this. And, and I know uh, you and I have talked about the spotlight mini golf thing that I want to do. And I want you on there. It's the same thing. Like uh, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. We yeah. both get content. Uh, I did the same thing with movie dumpster. I've done uh, a couple of their podcasts. Ironically enough, the same uh, hiccup with, uh, with us like this. So I don't know if your listeners know that we are doing this through a zoom call right now, yeah. not in person. Like I thought it was going to be, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Well, so the first time I was supposed to do movie dumpster COVID hit. So uh, instead of getting together, we did our first one through zoom. Um, and then the next one we did, uh, when it was, they, they do the podcast and they uh, record it for YouTube as well. Uh, and they also have Patreon as well. So they, they took the one thing that we did and they break it up into three different ways that I just the con uh, the content through Patreon, which you can only get if you're a uh, subscribed Patreon to them. Uh, that's the exclusive behind the scenes stuff, their audio, which is the podcast and the video, which is YouTube being only 28 episodes into this. I'm sure later on down the line, we'll, we'll do this again and be able oh, yeah. to talk about what's happened in the last year, two years, whatever it is, or, and we'll be able to be in person. Maybe we've built, uh, maybe you've built this up to the point where a business wants you doing the podcast live from their, their place. You know what I mean? Like it's building that up. If I can be a part of helping a friend succeed in something, that's awesome. Like I'm totally about that. I'm going to suck your fucking dick when I see you next. <laughs> okay, Greg. Um, <laughs> and the callback for the win. Yes, <laughs> but uh, it's that's the thing with it. it's you know I have I have a bunch of ideas with it and it's you know it's I want this to turn into something more and it's like I want it to be like you know it's getting to know these people but it's like you know once it turns into more it's like all these people are gonna be a part of it in some way shape or form like you know and it's doing 
you know, I've talked with some people about doing like some sort of events and stuff, like a live pod and stuff. I'm not going to go into it when I talk about it. It never happens like this pod for three years. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's just like trying to set those stepping stones, but doing it in a fun way. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a stress reliever and it's, you know, sometimes it can be stressful. There's a few instances, but it's like basically the end goal with it is exactly like the all the stuff we were talking about which is like I, i'm really happy you brought it up like all the business side of things and like we really got into that because it's you know we can sit here and make piss and fart jokes for an hour two hours all the, the whole time and crude humor and people be like oh what's wrong with these two but the thing is we could have talks like that and it's like no we want to put out the best product that we can to people to make people genuinely happy have them enjoy it yeah and we're gonna unapologetically be ourselves on the sidelines but if you want to book this guy making these (laughs) these blasphemous jokes and (laughs) stalking burlesque dancers if you want to book them for your children's party you're gonna get nothing professional and you're i've seen you interact one-on-one with kids you know with like at the convention when I helped yeah. you out, like you know, uh, yeah, I was wearing an inflatable Stay Puft Marshmallow Man suit, but through the they had good eye holes where I could see. And like the thing is, you you see, like you're very personable with the kids, and then when I see you work in a burlesque show, you're very personable with the with the performers, and it's like people are like. So here's my theory on it. Life is complicated and difficult, right? You got bills to pay. You got family stuff. You got friends. You got work. You, like, there's so much stress in every day. It's good to have an escape from it. Even yeah. if it's only for a couple of minutes, even if it's just sitting down watching a movie or somebody approaching your table and giving you something to think about that isn't bills, health, finances, whatever. So if I walk up and I crack a joke or I I see you're wearing a shirt and I go, oh man, that's awesome. Even if it's just a conversation about is, is what's that shirt? Like I, I can only see the top. Now somebody gets to talk about something they're happy about to somebody they didn't know. And there's, you'll see a smile on people's faces when they get to indulge in that stuff. And and for your listeners, think about when you talk about something that you're excited about, whether it be the new anime, the movie, the comic book, the, the new position you just learned about, whatever it is that makes you happy. You get that smile when you're like, I can't wait to tell somebody about this. Or I just saw a new show. Man, you got to check it out. Even if you don't like it. Some people love talking about, oh my God, they did that movie so bad. That, that was terrible. That There's... There's smiles, there's entertainment to be having that when that's the focus. Yeah. So if it's a kid, hey, listen, what kind of stuff do you like? If they go, I like uh, Mario. Well, then I'm going to make you a balloon that is about Mario. If they go, I like soccer, then I'm going to make you a balloon that's about soccer. I, I know some balloon artists that go, I know nine designs. It's the same nine designs I've been doing for 20 years. And it's cat, dog, horse, tiger, mouse. 
And they're all one balloon and simple stuff because their purpose is just get as many balloons out so that the kids can be happy. So it looks like I earned that extra $50, $60 I charged at the end. Yeah. I want the I want to see the kid and and I love seeing it because it's not it's more than just a smile when when you make a kid a balloon mini mouse or a balloon mermaid or and they see it and they hug it like it's a stuffed animal like they really care oh my god that's really awesome that doesn't happen all of the time so when you can give a kid that kind of reaction that you really just made that kid's day. Or I, I, I had a, a couple that was on their anniversary dinner and their favorite movie is Nightmare Before Christmas. So she said, oh, can you do a Jack Skellington? I had never made a Jack Skellington before out of balloons, but I know what he looks like. And I went, I think I, think I can do something for you. And... It was not the best Jack Skellington I've ever done. Um, I, and you know, as an artist, you're your worst critic. I oh, was yeah. not a fan of it, but it was the first only and therefore best Jack Skellington balloon she had ever seen. We are still friends now. Oh my God. I hate to say this. I, our friendship between me and her has lasted longer than their marriage. Holy shit. Um, that <laughs> And it's because of the uh, the Jack Skellington. I just met up with her and the new boyfriend, uh, I want to say maybe three, four weeks ago. She is doing fantastically. Um, but yeah, like, and that, that friendship, that bond happened over a balloon. But not, oh yeah, I mean, you and I. Yeah, let's be honest and break it down. Is it really that you got a balloon or is it that you got something you weren't expecting or didn't? You have a moment now that you don't just yeah. go, oh, yeah, that guy made me a balloon animal. That guy made me a Sharknado out of balloons and was awesome. That's why I always say, I'm like, I met Rudy Real. He made me <laughs> he made me a balloon animal Sharknado at a burlesque show in Atlantic City the night I met him. Yeah, and like, people are like, wait, what? I'm like, exactly. And I was like, yeah. And after another burlesque shows, oh, you want to go to the uh, Comic-Con in Atlantic City tomorrow? I got an extra vendor pass. Yeah, I got into a comic convention for free because one night you made this 20-something-year-old kid hug a balloon sharknado like it was his stuffed teddy bear. <laughs> like, you know, and then I saw some tassels. It was great. <laughs> the best night ever. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really just that escape. It's that sharing your yourself and and listen, I I am a culprit as much as I'm about to say this is a terrible idea and a terrible path we're on. Stuff like TikTok and Instagram, where you've got to have a thirty second, if not less, hook and catch to your your uh, the your fans doesn't allow people to know you as a performer. Yeah. So I, I see, and I'm, I'm only on these things because I'm trying to get the name out. I'm trying to promote. I'm trying to get more people to see me for who I am because I'm not just trying to sell a balloon artist to you. 
I, I want when people go, oh, we were throwing a party and we want uh we want a magician or we want a balloon. I want them to specifically say, we got to have Rudy here. You know what I mean? Like for music, you don't want a venue that goes, man, we, we want to have some, you want to have a band that goes, oh my God, we need you here for this. <laughs> you've built a connection, you've built a fan, but you've built a home at this venue. Yeah. So when I'm talking to people, I, I think, oh, there's a great phrase I heard. Um, show business is has four letters in show and eight letters in business because there's twice as much business as there is show. For me, you think that the show is making a balloon or and that the business is is the practicing and is the the getting it down and knowing what to do. I think for me, the business aspect of it is building the relationship. Yeah. So while I'm making the balloon, you and I are going to have a conversation. Where are you from? What's your name? What are you into? Why are you here? I want to get to know you because I'm in, I'm in the business of people pleasing. I want you to have a fantastic time, whether you're at a party at your house or at your friend's house you're at a restaurant, you're at a hotel, wherever you are, I want you to be having the best time of your life. And I want you to, in retrospect, when you think about it, go, that balloon guy was awesome. And that's, that's my business for it. I want you to be happy with what you're doing or, or where you're at. If I'm introducing the next act, if I'm telling you a story about the kids or, or a work thing, or, you know what I mean? Um, I have traveled the country playing mini golf (laughs) in, you know what I mean? Like so much so that I took a vacation to California for the first season filming of Holy Moly. Um, because one of, one of my friends was on it. So, uh, we're, we were part of the O street mini golf association. We all tried out and uh, our friend Evan made it on to season one. Uh, Aaron and I flew out and went there for the taping. And I think we were there for five days. And on, on the one day where there wasn't any filming for Evan, Aaron and I took a second trip to Vegas to play mini golf courses in Vegas. In the middle of a trip to California for mini golf. <laughs> We took a second trip to Vegas. Holy we rented shit. a car and drove. I, I'm trying to think if it was four hours from where we. Yeah, I think it was four hours from where we were to drive to Vegas to play mini golf there to drive back. <laughs> knowing, knowing, you know, your straight edge and all that. The moment you're like, <laughs> we drove from California to Vegas. All I hear is we're somewhere near Barstow when the drugs started to take effect. <laughs> yeah, right. it's goddamn bats. Loathing mini golf, <laughs> and honestly, I'm jealous of that because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Only difference is you would need to be the driver because I would be the fear and loathing. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you'd be it's my way to Vegas. <laughs> Tell me more about the goddamn golf shoes. Holy shit! Full circle. Ways in the bar when they get to Vegas when they check in. It's like. Tell me more about the goddamn golf shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the mini golf shoes. Yeah, I wait. Where? What was the other one? Are we. Oh, I have competed five years 
in the Pro Mini Golf Championship in Myrtle Beach. Damn. Um, which I, I say that and people are like, that's a thing. Like, yeah, it, it's it's the weirdest thing, but it they've been going for 23, 24 years, I think. Um, they have a, a yearly three day long tournament that I would go and spend, I think we would fly down for like four or five days and we would play mini golf all day, every day that we were there, aside from going in and grabbing food. That's awesome. Like I, I, I've met some great friends, um, that I've run into, uh, yeah, I met a guy uh, in Myrtle beach named Brad Lebo, who is a, a phenomenal mini golfer ran into him in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania at a mini golf course, like a year later. And we're just having a blast playing mini golf. That's a ridiculous fun story and experience that didn't cost me anything more than what I was already doing. But again, this goes back to, you've got to get out and see new places, check out new places. Cause you're, your new favorite watering hole, your new favorite stomping ground might be 10 minutes away and you just haven't been there yet for whatever reason. Yeah. So anybody that's listening to this, go out and do something fun. Exactly. <laughs> all it's right. Like, so PSA. <laughs> I know it's all over, the, but I love it though. Cause it's a, it's a perfect episode to start the round out the end of the year. But I'm looking at the time. I'm like, holy shit, we've been talking for nearly oh an God. hour and a half. So I guess we'll we'll start winding it down a bit. But before um before you know we wind wind down, wanted to uh, just briefly talk about your coffee company because it's oh, yes. a great thing. And I definitely want um I know as, as you said, America runs on Dunkin', America runs on coffee, America <laughs> runs on Love is Love coffee, and I want, uh, I just want to get some of that out there, because, that uh, great, yeah, I mean, we kind of started talking all business and did very little of what I actually do, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, hold on, do we just need to re-record, I'm like, nah, it would, the thing is, it's, as you said, gonna have you back on, for sure, yeah, and it's definitely want to have you back on, and it's, you know, your stuff, it's it's like it, it, the social media speaks for itself. It's that's where it's like, you know, this is where they can learn about you. But go see like go to Rudy's socials and all that to see like what he's capable of with balloons. And yeah, it's, like, it's a weird thing. And, and I love it in person when I tell somebody that I'm a balloon artist and they go, oh, OK, because I know what they're picturing. And then I go. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let me, let me show you. And I just show them a picture or two of what I do. And they all have that like, oh my God, what reaction? Yeah. So I bet any of your listeners that, that heard I'm a balloon artist or there's a two balloon monkey that have no idea what they're picturing. Yeah. If you go to Instagram at Lucky Duck Entertainment and see some of the stuff that's there, most likely it's balloons that you haven't seen before. Yeah. So to do a whole podcast of, hey, I'm a stilt walker. Well, what can you tell me about that? I'm fucking tall. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> I'm like, walking tall. On. Yeah. I'm, I'm a comedian. What do you do? I tell jokes. Like, it, it, it isn't... They're, they're, I, ah, it's an experience. I mean, not for nothing. 
there has been some comedy on this pod. I was laughing, at least. <laughs> I, I know we were both laughing. So if anyone likes the shit you heard, look out for Rudy's comedy. Yeah. That's... <laughs> and if, and if you're um, interested in the Greg special, just hit yeah. him up. <laughs> Listen, uh, negotiations are in effect. You No, it's... Um, but yeah, it's... If you want to know about what I do, I mean, it, it's simple. I do a little bit of everything because I will I will do anything to avoid a real job. Uh, yeah. So I do the the magic, the comedy, the still walking, the ordained minister stuff. Um, the fucking children's parties. Yeah. <laughs> which is the <laughs> weirdest place for them to be doing that. Um, but with the coffee, uh, so it was, it was last year, probably, I want to say maybe like July or August. And I was thinking like, okay, my season's starting to, are going to be wrapping up shortly. What do I have planned? Like, what's, what's my next step? How, what am I doing here? And I went, well, I'm still doing the entertainment stuff. Um, normally I'll switch from doing the balloons, uh, which is what I do seven days a week during the summer. And then during the winter, I'll do more of the magic and comedy um, I'll reach out to my other comedians, uh, my comedian friends that are putting on shows and, and try to get on those still doing the birthday parties and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not as steady or as, uh, regular as I would like it to be. So I was like, all right, I want something else. What do I want to do that makes me happy? What's my plan? And I was reading a book called, uh, 12 months to a million. Uh, which, to be clear, isn't about just becoming a millionaire in 12 months. It's about the businesses that have built themselves up to be million-dollar businesses. And they were given some examples. Uh, like, there was a lady that went bankrupt, bankrupt in her 20s, also went bankrupt in her 30s, and then finally made her first million in her 40s. Um, and, and the reason why she went bankrupt in her 20s and 30s was she, she was trying businesses that, that didn't work. In her 40s, she found the business that worked and that made her a million dollars, and it's the poopery. <laughs> oh, my that, God. That was the million-dollar, third-times-the-charm business. Um, so they were just talking about like how they built it up, how they did the marketing and all that. And they did one about, um, I think it's the Cliff Bars, and how they started off making their cliff bars in their uh, their own kitchen. And they were, it was because they weren't happy with the energy bars that were out on the market for uh, for working out. And they were, I think they were the, um, the cross, they went to CrossFit and they wanted a good energy bar. So they found something that they liked and they made it and it, it took off. And I was like, all right, so I want to, I want to stick with stuff that I like or, or whatever and, and not have it be a job that I'm just doing for money. And the next example they were talking about is a thing called Black Rifle Coffee. And it's uh, super right-wing conservative. It's marketed to gun-toting rich white Americans. And I was like, like yeah. And I was like, man, that is the exact opposite of what I would do. Like, I am all about including everybody. Um, and one of the big gripes I have uh, and I have had for years is in June when Target and Walmart and every other place goes, it's Pride Month. Come buy all your rainbow stuff here. 
and then July 1st hits and all that stuff is gone and you don't hear anything from them for the next 11 months. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, I said, so if anything, I would do something that uh, that would include everybody and just so that there's a polar opposite of this black off, black rifle coffee, I would I would do something like love is love. And I would even donate money back to the LGBT community um, because I have I have plenty of friends and family that are in that community and I've seen some of the stuff that they've had to deal with over the years and it's atrocious. So I was thinking like, Oh, and both, both of my kids are part of the community. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry. I said, that's how I would do it. And then the voice in my head went, then why don't you do it? And I went, Oh, that's, that's a good question. Voice. Um, so I started looking up and there was nothing that I could find that was what I was thinking about. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I started doing some research, uh, did some taste testing, uh, found a specific flavor that I like. Cause we, we tried dark roasts, light, medium roast, light roast, uh, medium dark. We tried a whole bunch of different ones. And our first launch was a, it's called Identity Dark Roast, which if you drink it black has um, dark chocolate, smoky raspberry and anise flavoring hints in it. Um, so if you like black coffee or you just want something that's not bitter, I was like, oh, this is, this is absolutely it. Um, and then six months into it, we released, we released a matcha, which is like a, a sweet green tea, which is really good. Um, I had never had matcha before. So when we tested, when we taste tested for our second launch, we did two chais, two hot chocolates and a matcha. And I thought for sure we were going to go with a chai or a hot chocolate. Uh, but when I, I tried the matcha, it was so good. I was like, yeah, this is, this is the one we're going with. Um, and I think you can even see, cause we, we taped that. I think it's on the Patreon um, the look on my eyes when I, when the, the flavor hits me, uh, I was not expecting it, but I, I very much liked it. So yeah, we have currently uh, a dark roast and a matcha. We actually today, uh, December 18th is the one year anniversary of the first bag we sold. We weren't even officially open yet. Uh, we officially launched in February. So our one year anniversary is coming up in a uh, month and a half. Oh my God, a month and a half. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how, how fast time flies, but uh, nuts right now. It really is. So in, in two years, I'm sorry, in one year we have worked with uh, drag shows. We had, and all up and down uh, Jersey. We've also worked with uh, uh, LGBTQIA plus groups in Mays Landing Atlantic City and um, uh, actually, I think there's two in Atlantic City that we we've done stuff with. Uh, also worked with some some great community leaders, um, especially in the Maze Landing area, and, and all it came from just trying to to build something. Um, and like you had said before, the entertainment stuff is my is my main source of income, and that that's what I do. This coffee is, we, we donate 10% of the profits to charities in the LGBT uh, community. 
and every other profit just goes back into building the company so we can get more teas, more, um, or different, instead of just having ground, we can do K cups and we can do whole bean and cause coffee is expensive. Um, I mean, it, it shouldn't be $5 a cup expensive, like some places, but, uh, Starbucks cough. Yeah. Coffee. It, <laughs> and that, again, going back to that perceived value of things, people will have no problem dropping $5 on a cup of coffee, but then complain about a $15 or $20 bag of coffee because the convenience, oh, well, I'll never make it at home. Okay, do the math real quick and see what you're spending on coffee on the year and see if there isn't something you could do more fun with half of that. Like take your crying shitty kid to Disneyland. <laughs> take your crying shitty one-year-old to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see what rides they could go on. They won't reach the height requirements on any of them. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to see roller coasters that allowed you strapping a baby to your chest in that harness. That poor kid. I mean, to get dark with it, I feel like some of these people nowadays, that's how they were treated as a child. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a, a weird world we're in. That's yes. a lot of W's. And there's only one way to get through that world, and that's with a fresh cup of coffee in the morning from Love is oh, Love Coffee. <laughs> that's what I was hoping you was going to say. <laughs> but no, it's it's a good thing. And it's like, as I said, I just started drinking coffee. So it's like, I'm excited to try it. And also, I forgot about the tea because you told me about the tea. So I was like, I, I have been a tea drinker for a little while now. So it's I. Uh, so I the next time you come down to the mall, 10 minutes away from my house, maybe you'll call me this time. Sure. Listen, listen, my good, my girlfriend and I were going to go to the bins. We we're going to go to the Goodwill bins and scavenge mm -hmm. through. But then mm -hmm. last minute changed our minds. And we're oh, like, right, hold on, hold on one second. Listeners, um, in case you're curious, this is what backpedaling sounds like. So go on. <laughs> So we, we went, to, <laughs> went to the mall instead and then going down the escalator. Oh, who's who's going up the escalator? Oh, Rudy and his family and my uh, my face blushing and feeling upset that. Oh, shit. I always forget Rudy's 10 minutes from this fucking mall. And yeah, because every time you're like, oh, I just left Guitar Center. Be like, oh, you mean the one that's like right around the corner from me? You're like, yeah, that one. <laughs> It's like, oh, uh, cool. We're getting together. Like, I'm home now. I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, so we're doing the pot. On some art. <laughs> Damn it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's making me think too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, where, where do you want to do the podcast? Oh, I just do it on Zoom. Oh, I thought we were going to do it in person. Like, no, no, no. I don't actually want to see you. Listen, I just know that when we get together, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, but listen, there's uh there's an app for that. We can, we make so much more on OnlyFans than we would with this podcast and balloons. This this is true. And my music and exterminating. All right, fine. I'll include the balloons too in our OnlyFans. I'm going right, to make yeah. a life-size balloon version of you and meet it at the mall. Oh my god, and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to confirm nor deny. But uh, but if you look at the screen, you'll see my answer. <laughs> this is where I find right, out that you're actually posting the recording, and I just out it myself. Thanks. Well, you were saying about more content with this stuff, so I don't know. I was starting to think about it. <laughs> right.
But to get back on track, love is love coffee. So if you donate 10% of the uh, proceeds, go to... Uh, yeah, the, like go back to the profits from every bag. Um, we're actually getting ready to write. Uh, we're we're doing all the numbers now to write a check for the Trevor Project, which is a um a, a helpline for uh, LGBT community. Um, that which uh, it's it's crazy that it's still an issue. You know what I mean? Like this is twenty twenty. It's about to be twenty twenty three. And people still care who you're attracted to. Like, I, it, it's is ridiculous. Uh, not to mention all the shit that happened. What was it last month? Uh, time's a weird thing. I forget. Every every month. Well, every month. But I know, like, with um, I saw because I saw like a lot of friends that are part of the community, like sharing like, the, like the threats and all of that, like heightens yeah. so much. And it's just it's if you're listening, and made it this far into the podcast, and you're against any of that. Just turn it the fuck off now, two hours in or whatever we're at. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, it's it, re- it really is ridiculous. I say all the time, love is love. Like you right? said, I'm like love whoever the fuck you want to love. Like be I, I am more curious. Uh, like, I don't care if, if you're a guy that loves a guy or a woman that loves a woman or any anywhere on that spectrum, loving anywhere on that spectrum. Uh, what, what, however you identify, if you love whoever, however, I don't, I, I, as long as you're happy, that's great. Yeah. My, my questions or my, my, uh, when I, I reflect are the people that love really ugly people. I just don't get that. Like I, I understand liking same sex or, or, or being, by, I just don't understand looking at a truly hideous person and going, I want to be with that forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I keep asking my partner why she's with me, but she won't give me an answer. <laughs> she oh, you you stop. I've been on this Zoom call with you for a while and you can't <laughs> see what's going on, but Yeah. Listen, I not to I have not really seen whether or not you're wearing pants. I'm pretty sure you've seen that I am or am not wearing pants, but I don't know about you. I'm not gonna answer that, but for uh for you to see and the people listening to not see. <laughs> Do you like what I did? See the R? See the R? Now, if you get hard, will it spell out my entire name or just the initials? I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Rudman Robert Ralfonso Real. (laughs) All right there. (laughs) You know, it's funny because going into this and I I do not want to know because it's one of those things that I like not knowing. I was like, I don't know his real fucking name. I know him as Rudy Real, and I don't oh. ever want to know him as anything else. That is, that's right. I, haven't we talked about this? That is my real name. Wait, that's your real name? Like, yeah. dead ass. Yeah, I, I'll well, show you my license. No, I don't want to see it because now oh, it's ruined. It's now not I know. my real name. Well, so that's that's what messes that messes me up with uh, a lot of the burlesque dancers. Yeah, because I just assume when they say, "Oh, my name is so and so," that that's your name. Yeah. So now I'll get a friend request on Facebook and I'm like, who is that? And then I open <laughs> up, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Um, I'm I'm still not used to people having stage names, even though I know stage names are a thing. But because my stage name is my name, I forget that other people don't do that. Um, <laughs> and like your a last name is popping up behind Nick on our thing. 
Yeah. And I looked at that a bunch going, what is that? Like, that's not who I know that like, and I, so I haven't wanted to say anything, but it came up in conversation. I'm not even sure that's English, which now raises a whole bunch of other questions about you. Cause I'll tell you one thing that sure as hell ain't Christian. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, everything in between. That's the end of the culture podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's my shoot name. You're looking at there. That's my real name. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Which is yeah. which is super weird because for the longest time I was just referring to you as Dingus because I knew Dix. So I think Star one time asked me what what who Dingus was and I was like, "Oh, it's my friend." And I had to really think and went, "Oh, or I've gone to message you on Facebook and couldn't find you under Dingus." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. What is his real name?" So now to find out that your real name is not your real name, oh, you are an enigma wrapped in an onion, wrapped in <laughs> cucumbers, which break, but that's not it. A... Shoved up Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Greg. Damn it, Greg. But yeah, that's 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 my real name, but I just I I do the first and middle name just because it's reasons. We won't get that deep. Yeah, no, but, I, uh, I but Dingus kind of did take over, and I have actually my Doc Martens that look kind of like clown shoes were addressed <laughs> to Dingus Drangus. So I love it. So I've you know it's he, he's coming into the real world. He's it's it's like that whole monkey bone thing. Yeah, Monkey Bone. I just rewatched that. I haven't watched it in so long. I know I have it somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think I just brought it out into the living room. I just rewatched that like three, four days ago. Such a good movie. Because Monkey Bone is awesome. <laughs> but, all right, Rudy. I hate to end it. I hate to end it. But is there anything you want to add before we get into everything? You want to show uh, me your Monkey Bone? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just, I hope everybody has enjoyed the podcast. Uh, for those of you that this is your first time meeting me, I, I hope we're friends. Find me, friend me, love me. Um, validate me, please, for the love of God. Um, <laughs> make it feel real. Yeah, <laughs> make it feel real good. No, that's, um, but yeah, that's been it. It's just, uh, trying to get through life with fun experiences and meeting new people. Any questions on your end? No, not that I could think of. Especially with you know doing more, it's it's uh, like doing another episode with you on. It's I'm sure I'll yeah. think of stuff, but uh, I guess for this time we'll just we'll wind this one down. because I got a decent amount of editing on my part, and I knowing that I got to keep an erection for over two hours again is just going to be exhausting. I'll keep sending you pictures. Oh. <laughs> Can you send that one with the picture of the balloon me? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I right, Rudy, this is this is the time of the show where we uh we hop in our clown car, we take a little stroll, we pick up balloons, we pick up Greg, and we get real silly. We go to Las Vegas, grab the mini golf club, and we make Greg make it disappear because you're a magician. And we take a little ego trip. And basically, the ego trip, you just plug your socials, plug websites, anything where people can book you to, you know, to their burlesque shows for stand-up comedy, their fucking kids' parties. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> just just wherever they do. And I want to say on record that, yes, that's been an ongoing joke. But Rudy, as I said, is nothing 
but professional <laughs> with everything. And he's an amazing dad, amazing father, like father, amazing <laughs> human being. And I just want to put that out there. It sounds so much worse when you listen, in all honesty, <laughs> he's not a bad person. Like nobody says that about about you remember I had the bumper stickers that said I am a good person. I have to I have to reorder those. I have bumper stickers that say I was personally victimized by Dingus the Clown. So there you go. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. So where so, can they yeah. find you? So on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, where a Clapper, really anywhere that there's social media. If wait, I'm on it, Clapper. What the wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, Clapper is a. It's like TikTok, but you have to be. I think it's 17 or 18 or older to have it. Um, the clap. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, which you is weird. 17 or 18. Before I was 17. Uh, no. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, anywhere that there's social media, I try to get on. Um, if you're looking for the entertainment company, it's Lucky Duck Entertainment. Uh, if you're looking for the coffee company, it's Love is Love Coffee or Love is Love Coffee dot com. Um, for Earth 3825, that I believe is only on Instagram. Uh, we have a handful of pictures up because that's still new. Um, and if you're looking for me personally, I am Rudy Real, R-U-D-Y-R-E-E-L. And uh, yeah, shoot me a message, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, or LuckyDuck609 is sometimes a word that gets thrown in instead of usernames because everyone tries to get you to change it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm easy to find. Right. And as you all know, I'm Nicholas Christian. Find me at Colt underscore sure underscore on Instagram and Facebook and the culture discord. Uh, you can find it on the link tree on the Instagram. Uh, you can find me at terror underscore tunes, T O O N S underscore on Facebook, on Instagram, terrortunes.bandcamp.com. Got a bunch of crap on there and a bunch of music, bunch of merch. And yeah, the whole typical spiel that you all know. Yeah, if you're listening, you know where to find me. But Rudy, it has been an honor to finally have you on. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for not saying Rudy, it's been real. Oh, fuck. Hold on, take two. <laughs> Rudy, it's been real. It's been really real. <laughs> know it knowing that it's not your real name now. <laughs> makes it so much worse because I would never say that because how much you probably got that in your life breaks my heart. Truly breaks my heart. <laughs> it has been an honor and a pleasure and I cannot wait to release this so everyone can hear this epic closing of the year of the Culture Podcast. Oh, so. that's right. Wait, is this the, this isn't the last one, is it? There is going to be one next week, but it's going to be a different thing. It's going to be, it's not, I'm, it, spoiler alert, if you're listening, it's going to just be a year in review. I'm just going to kind of okay. speak my mind, talk my feelings, and maybe cry. Who knows? Tune in next week on the Culture Ooh. Podcast. Do, 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 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, hi, right, Rudy. It's been all an right. honor. Take Thank it you for easy. Me. Anytime, man. Take care. Later days. Later. And here to play us out on episode 28 of the Culture Podcast is Vader's Vibrators with their song, The Hebrew Hammer Rides Again.
When there's danger on the streets and evil is everywhere, the only solution is the Hebrew hammer. Shabbat shalom, motherfucker!